Hey Rewatchers, this week's episode is brought to you by the Highlander 25th Gathering Convention in Los Angeles in celebration of the unique and enduring legacy of the Highlander television series. The convention will take place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 20th through the 22nd at the LAX Crown Plaza on West Century Boulevard in Los Angeles. We here at Highlander Rewatched could not be more excited about this convention, which will feature guests such as the Highlander himself, Adrian Paul, Elizabeth Grayson, Jim Burns, Stan Kirsch, Peter Wingfield, David Abramowitz, Efron McAsh, Anthony Delongis, and James Horan, who you may remember from his turn as Grayson in Season 1's Band of Brothers. Also appearing will be Highlander writer Gillian Horvath, Highlander writer Don Aletto, visual effects wizard Don Payanessa, writer Maury Ravinsky, who penned classics such as The Fighter and Not To Be and Joe Pearson, who produced the anime, Highlander, The Search for Vengeance. The Highlander Worldwide Gathering is a star-studded event and a who's who of the people that have shaped the world of Highlander over the years. Not only will you be able to meet the immortal swashbuckling stars of our favorite television series, but there will be amazing interactive classes offered as well. Sharpen your skills with the blade in Adrian Paul's sword experience. Go toe-to-toe with Efron McAsh in his knife combat class. Experience supersonic speeds with Whipmaster to the Stars, Anthony DeLongis, and find inner peace and tranquility in Elizabeth Grayson's Fan Kata class. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us mortals, so make sure to head over to HighlanderWorldwide.com for details, tickets, and hotel booking info. We can't wait to see everybody at the Highlander 25th Anniversary Convention Friday, October 20th through Sunday, October 22nd. Head on over to HighlanderWorldwide.com. Again, that's HighlanderWorldwide.com today to get your tickets. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we discuss another facet of the Highlander universe. And typically we're discussing the TV show and movies, but if you joined us last week, we are delving deep into the five-part IDW-published Highlander American Dream comic. I'm one of your rewatchers. This is Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. All right. Delving deeper than we have any business delving. Yeah, we didn't think we delved this deep, but... Things have gotten away from us. We delving yeah, very right. quickly. So just uh, Highlander reread. That's right. We're rereading delve this. this deep DTD. So this is this uh, comic is a five part comic. Came out this summer, summer mm-hmm. of 2017. Uh, it was written by or illustrated by Andrea Moody. And it was written by Brian Ruckley. That's right. Uh, if you haven't heard our first part of it, go back and listen. We discuss issues one and two. And this episode is going to cover episodes three, or issues three, four, and five. It's worth reissuing the serious spoiler warning on this one. We are going to be talking about this comic book. It is relatively new. A lot of people might not have looked at it yet. So, yeah. you know, bear that in mind. Maybe you want to go back and just listen to the rest of our back catalog, all of the episodes, if you're going to skip this one. That's right. Or you could listen to our extensive Highlander the movie batch of episodes, because this is related to the movie. That's right. Hmm. Ish. Ish. Ish indeed. Okay, guys. So we're talking about issue three. So let's talk about the cover on this issue. So the cover is like 
almost thematically identical to the cover of issue two, where it's yes. Mac in a fedora holding a sword with Rachel, with Rachel? in a dress. I kind of like holding the like look a of book. this one more. Yeah, I think like I think it's a neat looking illustration. Though this is there by might be a little Andrew Griffith. There might be a little weird thing about the sword he's holding. Oh, oh you want to tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, it is just different. It is just straight up a different sword than he wields throughout the entire thing. Like the hilt is completely different. It's, like, not it's not a dragon head. It's not a dragon head. It just looks like a generic katana. And I have no idea why. Like, the curvature is different. Just everything about it, it just looks completely other. Right. So before I read this, I thought, hey, does he use a different sword in this issue or the 50s for some reason? No. This no. is incorrect. This He uses the dragon head katana in every issue in this comic. Why is it different on the cover? It's puzzling. It's very puzzling. Yeah, I think the, the artist just didn't know. <laughs> is there any sort of review on this sort of shit? Like... I mean, Eamon, you might know more than I would know. Like, let's say I get hired as an artist to illustrate a comic cover, right? Mm -hmm. Are they delivering finalized pieces of art, or are they shipping anything off like a sketch to an editor? Showing sketches and thumbnails. I would think so. And at what point do they say, "Hey, we love the cover"? Just to let you know, here's a picture of the katana. Just change the handle. Take you think right away? Right away? (laughs) Maybe that would happen. (laughs) This seems like a problem that would be solved early, but. I'm guessing no one who made this comic knew too much about Highlander. Yeah, I guess not. Which is probably a bummer. Yeah. It's so weird. But also you think that they wouldn't have no... I mean, having not... Maybe they don't know a lot about Highlander, but you'd think they'd wonder, like, hey, the sword he's holding on the other two issues are different. Like, It's just, like, a weird... It's like you wouldn't have a Superman cover where his, like, cape was green. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the sword is an important part of this character's mythology and identity. So it's, like, to just have... Uh, wrong sword right this seems lazy it's it's honestly like maybe the most defi- like w- what defines Connor mcleod i mean he's like schlubby the bags under his eyes yeah like i mean he's <laughs> like he's not like the most distinctive looking guy which is part of it like it's yeah. like he's a dude that wears jeans and a trench coat and tennis shoes and tennis yeah. shoes like yeah maybe the white tennis shoes but like the sword is like a big identifier for that character yeah you'd think you'd want to nail it the alternate cover is just Mac in like a darker outfit, same basic shtick with a katana, but you can't see the hilt. Maybe it's the same one. It's, a, it's, it's very red. Like he's like standing in the rain, and it's like a very moody, dark rain. I think I like the other cover better. Yeah, personally. it looks better. I, I didn't see any of these in stores. Any of the alternate covers? Maybe because I don't have a subscription or something. These are the ones they gave me. The folks at Brave New Worlds in Philadelphia, Brian and Rob, hi guys. (laughs) Give you some advertising. All right. So let's talk about the opening of this comic. We open in the New York City suburbs in 19, must be 85. I have written 95. That's probably a typo I'm thinking right now. No, this is is 1955. Whoops, that's what it is, 1955. 55. All right. So we are introduced to Special Agent Edward Highsmith. Uh, he arrives at the house. Uh, this is the like aluminum siding house that we were introduced to earlier, where he was like pretending to be a salesman. Uh, Hook was pretending to be a salesman, right? Yeah. And also, I, I have a note that says this must be the Watcher guy from the future. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm right. Still, I'm I mean, still thinking this right is, guy, right? Yeah. Because again, now I'm thinking, okay, he's like an agent. He probably investigates whatever this murder is through his investigation, finds out the guy's immortal, and gets recruited by the Watchers. There you in go. This, in this very first frame, that's what I'm assuming is happening. You are assuming wrong. Thank you, sir. He's investigating this crime, and he says this is the sort of thing that like interests him so he's got a special connection to this case in some way we'll find out uh so we cut to madison square garden in 1955 uh where i guess they're still having wrestling matches they're they're on their way out of the wrestling match 
Madison Square Garden is very big. Were they having wrestling matches in Madison Square Garden in the 50s? I have no idea. I'm thinking no, but... Yeah, I don't know. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so anyway, Osta's telling Mac that Hook takes people's eyes. Mm. That's like his crazy serial killer That's thing. his shtick? Right. And Which it's like because he... he lost an eye, I guess. I guess. It's so weird. Like, obviously, he was a bad guy in the past. Like, he was very cruel. But now he just seems, like, literally nuts. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? Like, all we see him doing in the past, he's, he's obviously being, like, brutal and, like, horrifying. But it's because he's, like, he's got a purpose. He's, like, trying to kill Mac. He's, like, trying to pull Mac and Asta out of the church so he can kill right. them. There's at least a direction. Here now, he's just become a serial killer and taking people's <laughs> yeah. eyes. Like he's really become a horror movie villain. For why? I, do, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't get it. So anyway, I, I guess us is not even sure that he's lost his eye, but he assumes he has. Right? Yeah, and he says that like this happens to wounds from the neck up. Apparently, sometimes, sometimes. So what do we think about this? Yeah. Is this okay? I think Good so. Guess. I think they're trying to explain the throat cut on the Kurgan. Right. I, I think, think everyone. I doing. think everyone was okay with the throat cut, assuming it was like, oh, it's a neck injury. They sure. lose their heads. So this is an extension of that. that you yeah. can get like face damage. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Whatever. I don't need it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna question it if his yeah. eye was messed up. I just was gonna go well, on. If your if your eye pops out and you're an immortal, does like the eye grow back or do your little legs pop out? And the eye runs up your body and I'm jumps so... back into well, your eye socket. Yeah, yeah I, don't th- making, I don't think it's that. Hopefully they keep making Highlander comics and we'll find yeah. out later. <laughs> so you explore this rich mythology. Uh, so anyway, then they go to a bar. I couldn't tell. Is this supposed to be the same bar from the first movie? Unsure. Yeah, I just assumed it was. But yeah, I did too. There's no reason for me to do that. But he does but order at they... Glenn Moran G. True. Uh, he gets called Mr. Wallingford. So he has a different Mr. alias. So I did, did you thinking. look at the movie? I did. This checks out. Nice. Yeah. So on that computer screen, when Brenda's doing like her weird hacking, like the weird mm-hmm. uh, signature analysis, Mr. Wallingford is nice. Correct. Does it One say of Mr. the people, mm-hmm. or does it just say Wallingford? Does it say Mister in the movie, or just Wallingford? Uh, it's Rupert Wallingford. Rupert. Rupert. Interesting. Yes. Uh, we find that. out that. How about uh, that? Yeah. yeah. How about uh, that? That's actually like a good bit of attention to detail. Does that mean Mr. Ruckley had to possibly pause the movie and look at them? Or they just gave him the Or names. looked it up on Wikipedia because it's uh, possible. Is that Wikipedia. where you. Yeah. Hey, yo. Yeah. The internet. <laughs> All right. So we cut to the crime scene or to a crime scene. There's a crime scene photographer. They're like, ah, oh, this guy didn't know there was a dog. I guess there was like a skirmish with something. This bugged me. Like, the dog waited until after. I feel like the timeline is, like, wrong. If the dog heard the wife being murdered, why would it wait <laughs> to attack? Well, I assume he murdered her and then the dog arrived. Uh, Maybe. That doesn't track with me with dogs. Yeah, I know you have a deep connection <laughs> with dogs. Well, you know when, like, somebody knocks at the door and the dog, the dog will, like, run up to the door. Typically. I'm overthinking it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so... Even for us. Yeah. The agent asks about the eyes, and the detective's surprised that, like, he even knows anything about the eyes. So now we're getting a hint that, like, this has happened before. This yeah. agent is looking into this. But he finds a business card there that has some, like, blood on it. It's for Drake's books. Drake's books. Um, so that's our clue. And then we're like, oh, did Mac have a 
bookstore maybe before the antique store we'll find Mm. out so we cut back to the bar osta says the church kind of knows his deal and he's like yeah i'm like a monk with a sword they know what i am essentially and they've let me like this is to me a weird detail to put in the story like one of those things like why did they bring this up like was that a concern for the writers to be like oh man how did he get away being a monk so long we better address this it's like ignore it like yeah strange dialogue why why would him being a monk with a sword have any resonance with monks i don't know he's a i guess because he's a monk who's lived for centuries yeah i think that's the operative part we get one of my least favorite bits of dialogue in this comic because osta asks if rachel knows what mac is and mac is like she knows there's some magic in me (laughs) it's like oh god come on i mean at the very least that connects with the movie sure but like he said that he says that to her in the movie twice yeah (laughs) like it's one of those things that's like fishing for things that are maybe iconic in the movie and just Mm -hmm. throwing them in and Mm -hmm. it's like this is a silly fan service callback you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like i don't appreciate this really as a fan like i'm not like oh cool he said that line from the movie yeah. <laughs> like what no <laughs> who cares <laughs> he said that line from that queen song right yeah. i don't know that's how i feel about it maybe i'm overthinking it now I it's a know. little eye rolly yeah well then shit's about to get real with this fbi agent because the fbi agent and like his cop blackie show up to the bookstore and who is there but rachel she is sweeping up and they start grilling her it's a very like nondescript bookstore I guess because the owner's gone away. Right, I am, so look, I am looking at the frames right now. I do not see. Look how boring. Look how single, boring this is. There to is look not at. a so single book boring yeah. in the bookstore. <laughs> there are no books. It is empty and bare. Just look at. There's no backgrounds. There's it's, not even like an empty bookshelf. The bookstore owner died. It turns out it would seem that Drake, the bookstore owner, is a real person. Yeah. Not an alias. Right. I was assuming that's what was going on, going to be going on here. Is that like, oh, Mr. Drake was one of McLeod's old aliases, and he's changing over or something. Or why isn't it just Wallingford's books? Does yeah. that just not fit in a business card? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is that a problem? Yeah. Why do they need to have a tenant for this? I don't understand that. They don't. Right. It's another added <laughs> bit of detail. Yeah. I guess it adds to the character. Max a landlord, guys. <laughs> Max, Max is slumlord. Yeah. There's also some strange dialogue about like nothing ever good comes from Estonia. And I'm like, what is this about? <laughs> like, suck at Estonians. <laughs> yeah. I hear they have great beaches. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm not Ooh. kidding. Estonian beaches. You Estonian beaches. Son of a beach. Anyway, so uh, Osta. Osta up- steps in and the FBI agent recognize him. That's right. He's like, all monks look alike. Right. Yeah, he's like, he feels like he saw this guy 10 years ago at the murder scene of a bunch of sailors. Yes. Whose Which eyes we saw in the up. last issue. We Correct. saw that as one of like the part of that little montage of potential murder victims for Hook. So the police leave, and then Osta introduces himself to Rachel. Osta says he didn't know that detective, but he's been to a bunch of Hook's murder scenes in the past. And then Mac is pissed. He asks, like, what the hell was, like, the biz- his business card or whatever doing there at, like, the murder scene? Maybe this is where I was like, so the tenant's real? Like, this is insane. So the business card is at the murder scene, and the implication is that Hook has been sniffing around yeah. Mac. Right. 
Maybe because he got the buzz. Maybe because he knows that's Mac. I don't know. Yeah. So then Hook or Austin's like, I think I might know where Hook is. So uh, across the street uh, in the car, there's two detectives sitting there and like they're kind of, I guess, spying on Mac and us the saying they've got a lot to talk about. He says how he remembers this guy from his past. Mac is going to now put Rachel in a hotel to keep her safe because now he thinks that Hook has been to the bookstore and knows what's going on. And then Mac and us are going to find Hook and kill him together. Very good. Very good. So that night, Mac and Osa are in an alley, and Osa says uh, a church contact keeps tabs on the place and saw light on the... What? And it's like, wait, there's no mystery at all. This is, oh, we know exactly where he is. Yeah. Somebody told us, so now let's go get him? Yeah. What is this? There's no mystery. Why, 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 why? And he's like, oh, you know, if I came here first, I could have saved that woman from being murdered right it's like well then you also might have gotten killed because you don't know how to fight so so it's like uh so we cut to the hotel room that rachel's staying in uh, and the detectives have stopped by to talk to her they show her a bunch of like gruesome pictures all that sort of stuff but then it starts getting weird because he starts busting out like wanted posters from like the old west and stuff of john hook and also he has the actual wanted poster right it's not like a facsimile or a copy or something should be like disintegrated yeah and like this other detective is like what are you talking about like this starts going off the rails yeah he's like what is this he starts flipping out he's like i know she knows something like something's up with this and they have to like escort him out of there tell me who the monk is and he hits her yeah he gives her like a like a backhand it's what the fuck this guy's a huge asshole all of a sudden. Like he's like a little brusque before, but he's like a bad guy. Bad yeah. Guy. Also, he d- his theory was that she knows something, right? Right. And if they went back and talked to her without Mac and the monk around, she would talk. But he doesn't ask her like the conventional questions. Mm-hmm. He just ramps straight <laughs> to Hey, uh, is magic real? Yeah. Do you want to tell me if magic is real, please? Do you want to tell me about this immortal monk guy? Yeah. And this evil serial killer who's killing people through time? If you don't agree with me, I'm going to hit you. (laughs) Okay, so bear with me, guys. I'm going to talk about the next scene just a little bit. Because I want you to follow along with my logic. Because, again, I want to make this clear that I was writing notes as I was Mm -hmm. reading every panel. So we cut, and we're back outside. The, The monk is snooping around the apartment, they think hooks in and then cram appears on the the panel and a sword comes through the door and then the door gets kicked down hook comes running out uh, and then he runs through a fucking wall which is crazy then in my notes it says then he stabs some dude through the chest who is this guy i forget he has a sword too oh it's mac i had no fucking clue who that character was to speak to your point about character models who's that guy's face he also has super dark hair. Look at him and Osta next to each other. Like, who the... These characters, at some point, look all the same. There's nothing interesting about their faces or anything. I literally didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I didn't know who that character was. I thought there was a new character. I mean, in its defense, like, two pages before, we see Mac climb up the fire escape and stand next to that window in that outfit. I don't remember. <laughs> Either way, I was lost, and yeah. I was like, who is this person? I'm not in love with the art on this whole thing. This is, like, among my favorite frames. This is at least, like, action-packed. Yeah. Like, I liked this yeah. sequence. I'm okay with it. I just didn't like the face thing. I think Osta and Mac... They look too similar. They look very yeah. similar. 
Yeah, especially depending on the panel you look at. Mm-hmm. Both of their faces just look like silly putty. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, he stabs the fuck out of Mac, and then they fly off the fire escape. I think it's cool. Smash down onto a car. I yeah. agree that it's cool. I like, they, like stuff's actually happening now, so that's good. Explode onto this car. Yeah. For being a visual medium, it's good that they're doing this and not having a four-page discussion in an empty bookstore that has yeah. no, no, no back, bookshelves nothing in <laughs> yeah. it literally tan backgrounds most of the time so that's good so there's some sword fighting hook punches mac in the gut there's like some cars screeching around which is cool yeah and then mac and hook flee what is the last bit of dialogue in this issue huh that job you turned down in albany is looking pretty good right now don't you think and that's said by some on, like some like on a family that's seeing this, right? Yeah. Okay. Great. That's <laughs> the last line of the comic is like a throwaway joke. That just bugs me. Uh, so that was issue three of Highlander: The American Dream. Yep. Mm. My note at the end of this just says this is some lazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I liked the action beats in this one, but the rest of it, whatever. Like, yeah. And also, like, I'm left scratching my head on this entire cop plot. I'm sitting there yeah. going, what the hell is this? Like, why is any of this here? You know what's telling? I've read some of those crazy Highlander fanfics. Like, not the normal ones. Like, the ones where... Fanfic? Where, what's that? That's where two characters from a beloved franchise have sex with each other. <laughs> but that's literally what I'm talking about. I have read fanfics about Highlander where these characters just bang the whole time. And it feels like that's more grounded in the mythology yeah. than this, <laughs> this comic series. Well, of course, I'm like, I think the person that wrote this has seen the show or read, seen the movies. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the McClods do bang everything, so that's accurate. <laughs> that's true. Is there a fanfic where Hook and Vasilek and Connor have like a threesome well, yes write it. Well, yeah. there is now i'm sure it can come together <laughs> instead of fighting in the monastery they all fuck yeah they're like oh we can't fight here but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> hook let out a rebel yell as he unleashed his man <laughs> a rebel yell. this is a two-on-one i can get behind <laughs> wow I'll desecrate your holy ground. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh, I'm so going ri- to write this. <laughs> is it getting hot in here, guys? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hot in here. <laughs> it's actually literally hot. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was one of our weirder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> issue four. The American wet dream. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. Wowzer. So let's jump into issue four, guys. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. All right. So let's talk about this cover. This one's very different. Than I'd say all the other ones. Uh, is it? No, it's <laughs> not. It's identical in theme. This is three of the same <laughs> right, cover okay, okay. of Mac with a sword. But this one's like Rachel. a little Japanese. So yeah. for some reason, both Mac and Rachel look distinctly Asian. Yeah, and it is unclear why. I actually like this drawing the most out of the three. Hmm. Personally, I it's, like it. It's clean. It's yeah. snazzy. They don't look like the characters are supposed to be. Not even a little bit. <laughs> no. Like, not even close. Connor looks Asian in this. Straight up. Like, I was like, oh, is this a new character? <laughs> in this you issue? didn't think that. You knew that no. was Connor. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Just like Keith, you knew that was Connor. I didn't, I didn't know. I was so confused. He's holding the right sword. That's a that's plus. A plus. <laughs> this artist looked only at the sword and not at his face. But his car is like pulled up on the sidewalk. What's that all about? He's from the Ritchie driving school. That's right. 
And Rachel's a smoker. Yeah. She smokes one of those Cruella DeVille Smoking. penguin <laughs> cigarette holders. That's right. <laughs> the subscription cover by Claudia Garoni, though, has it's a portrait of Christophe Lambert with a fedora. Yeah, like it is straight up Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Is what it is. And it's like a very zoomed in, detailed look at his face, which is also puzzling for other reasons. Good covers. Good covers. <laughs> All right, so let's hop into this. We open in 1955 in Manhattan. The monk is running through the streets. He gets hit by a car. Um, Why? By the way, also, at some point while I was writing these notes, I start referring to Asta as the monk because I feel like they don't say his name for, like, almost two issues, and I was like, I fucking forget his name. I don't know who this person is, so it's just the monk. I'm not joking. I don't think they mention his name for two issues. Hmm. (sighs) So, anyway, he gets hit by a car. The driver thinks they killed a priest. The monk gets up and makes some quip about how no one can tell the difference between a priest and a monk these days. I actually liked that line. I have the same note. I said, I think this is pretty funny. in In every issue, somebody, like, in all three issues leading up to this issue, somebody calls him a priest, and he's like, well, actually, I'm a monk. Right. So I, this was that was that's a funny that's, that's funny. a funny funny good job. That's the one positive thing. Yeah. <laughs> but they make it to the Brooklyn Bridge. So I kind of like these three frames of this chase here cuz like it's Hook running towards Brooklyn Bridge straight on and you see the bridge in the background, then one of him up front and then I really like the third frame which is like Hook looking over his shoulder and Mac in the like the far background like bounding over the wall to like catch up with him. I don't know. It's, like, better than a lot of the other art, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hook says him and Mac haven't, like, actually properly been introduced. He doesn't even know his name. So Mac introduces himself in typical McLeod fashion. Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. And Hook, like, teases him for saying he's part of, like, the Clan McLeod. He's like, do you really think there's, like, any more of your clan out there? And I don't know if that was, like, supposed to be a reference to Duncan? Like, an insidey joke? I don't think so. No, I don't think it is. I think it's just about like this theme of reinventing yourself. Right. Because then it's like, does it matter who you were before or whatever? Also, it should be noted that they both have bloody swords and they are surrounded by people. Yeah. Like, (laughs) there are people everywhere. Yep. And they're just going to do it. Like, they don't give a shit. (laughs) Nope. Uh, so Matt cuts Hook's sword in half, and it looks like it was cracked earlier anyway. I wasn't sure, because I was like, is this his normal sword for fighting, or is this like, doesn't he have like a butchering sword? This is his sword that he uses to kill people. This okay. is like, because it's more like a big knife. It's like yeah. a little, yeah. something okay. real short that he can carry around. So this isn't his main, main sword. Gotcha. So anyway, then Hook jumps over the bridge, and Mac jumps in after him, and there we go. Yep. But it's exciting, I guess. There's some fighting. Yeah, it's like a fun sequence osta follows up and says mcleod yeah and then just decides to go home just go home that's max style yeah <laughs> leaving charlie in the zone moving charlie in underwater looking for him yeah yeah <laughs> all right so we're uh we cut and we're with the monk and rachel at max place question mark or the hotel i wasn't quite sure where we were i think it's the hotel yeah and no, she's I think got a shiner i think it's max place see i don't fucking know because because it has Cause all the backgrounds the... are tan and white. There's yeah. no distinctive. Because I think she's here. scared to be at her uh, hotel because the cops found her gotcha. there. Gotcha. Yeah. So the monk's reassuring. I keep calling the monk now. Osta. I definitely know his name. Osta <laughs> is reassuring uh, Rachel. Mac is going to be back. And they talk about how he met Mac, all that sort of stuff. Then he says like the war might have been a good thing for everybody in the end because like you get to start over. So there's this theme again of like starting over. Hmm. Which is, I think, interesting. And yeah. Rachel, Rachel, of course, disagrees. She's like, you wouldn't feel that way if you were there. Right. Right. Asta seems to think that, like, finding her was good for Mac. That that was a grounding, significant moment for him. 
to make him care about life again. Mm-hmm. Max says he lost Token the river. He says the river's too polluted to see anything. <laughs> Somebody should clean it. Rachel has like a bruise on her face that Max sees and is like fucking pissed about. So now he wants to go after Highsmith. But Osta says don't do that because he's like, there's more important things to do. That's not like, our concern. Our concern is the game and the prize. Not going and beating up an FBI agent. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, and Mac then hugs Rachel because he's glad to see her. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm getting you wet. And then I said, that's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting back into fanfic territory. <laughs> <laughs> I was concerned for like 30 seconds here they were going to kiss or something. And I was Ooh. like, please That don't. would be very that, bad. That would be so gross. And I was, be... That does not happen. And I was so happy about that. So naughty. <laughs> Uh, also, Osa has left the scales of justice there for Mac. Yeah, which I guess he had tucked away right. in his robes or something. Yeah, sure. He's been, he, his that thing's been rattling around in there. Yeah. He, brings, he brought his road scales. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we, we cut to 1985, Lower Manhattan. Mac and Osa are walking around. They're talking about the gathering being close at hand. Osa says Hook is there, and he actually sent him a train ticket to an old abandoned New Jersey railway station. So at this point, I was like, hold on, New Jersey railway station? Like, who's the person that died in Jersey? Uh, in the no, movie, I was movie. like, is it this guy? Hmm. Uh. Did they but say I don't think it is. the New Jersey person in the movie? I think they do say his, do they, or do they not say the name? No, they said, I'll buy a head which at this time has mm. no name. So is this head some with hint no name. that it's this person? I Maybe. Know. So if the train station is out of commission, how do you get a, do ticket? You get a ticket to it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it had a he note to like it? hop off, <laughs> yeah. hop off mid ride. You get the stop, hop off at the stop before, and then jump on the tracks. Yeah, walk, and walk. <laughs> okay, but now we definitely need to talk about the next frame and who's making a cameo in this fucking comic. Wait, what? Anybody what? Know, anybody notice this cameo? I might have missed it. Is that Marty McFly? That's correct. Marty McFly is in this because it's 1985. What? And IDW has published Back to the Future comics. So wow. Wait. Oh, that does look like Marty McFly. Nonsense. The it is top Marty right Mc... panel. Yep. Holy shit. He's just fucking there. I was really distracted by this figure when I read that panel. I was like, who's that? Like, I it, did not. Like, it's, it's jarring. Like, it's it's hardly in the background, right? Like, it's no, right he's as in the ground. And, it's like, and he's, like, looking at you. It's like, get the fuck out of here, Marty. Also, he doesn't look like the drawing of him doesn't look like any of the other drawings. Like, he's drawn in a different style. This comic. <laughs> like, a completely different style. Yeah. Like his face is kind of, like, washed. He almost looks like a photograph, like, collaged into the panel. <laughs> like, they cut him out of the comic yeah. that he was in and just pasted it right here. Wouldn't this be fun? Wow. I didn't even put that together that that's who that was. Mm-hmm. Marty McFly could take the time machine and influence the game. <laughs> I guess anyone with a time machine is sort of immortal. Uh, There's so so many fanfic opportunities here. I'm glad we're not taking them all. Marty McFly can cut off immortals' heads by, like, busting open the DeLorean door. (laughs) And it, like, (laughs) chops the Kurgan's head off. All right. Fuck. The flux capacitor glistened wetly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, Oster reveals that he's only killed two people in his whole life. And yeah. so Mac is like, you're going to blow this. You do not have like the spirit or experience. The fighting chops. Right. So in the distance, we see an old Highsmith. He's there. He's talking on the phone, and he said he found Monk in the Mac. He wants more eyes on this situation. I'm like, all right, get those watchers out there. Right? Yeah. And he says he used to be a washed-up FBI agent. Again, it's like that's former career. He's a watcher. Mm-hmm. But then we find out that like somebody's like funded his investigations, and this is like, what is this? Like, So now, it, now uh, suddenly, this is, this is the first second I'm like, he's not a watcher? Sure. Yeah. What? 
Also, this is never resolved. Who's We'd... on the other end of this phone call? Hook. Oh, it's Hook? No, wait. No. No. I, thought it's, I think it's Hook. Why is it Hook? Because he wants... He's keeping tabs on Mac through this guy? I think so. I think that's what I've got written down. Why does he say all this stuff about, like, you do not understand. I fund you, Mr. Highsmith. You're just a hobby and amusement. What is it like? What is all this? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. All right, so maybe I didn't I'm put confused. that together either. But I mean, on the next page, Hook is on the phone, right? Yeah, but he's on the phone talking to the Kurgan. It's like a walkie-talkie thing, right? Yeah, like it's Kurgan not a ends phone. up. So now the so the, well, the way like, this ends, this this yeah. issue ends is Hook now walkie-talkies the Kurgan, who's like on a roof. Yeah, and he's telling him where he can find Mac. Presumably, that seems to be what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I know where McCloud will be in the next couple nights. Like, if you want a piece of them. Because he wants to separate McLeod and Ostevasilik. Right. Right. I guess. All right. Two things. All of a sudden, Hook is like wearing a suit and looks all proper now, which is weird. I don't know why that is. But then second, what do you guys think of this Kurgan frame that we finally get? Uh, It looks not good. Yeah, I don't know. He's gray for some reason. His skin is literally gray. Yeah, like the gray Hulk like or something. Or like a wolf. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like a wolf. Like a wolf. Everyone's faces doesn't... Everyone doesn't is right. like silly yeah. buddy. Like, yeah. No one has defining features at all in these books. Can I see that, Kyle? The comic? We're passing the comic around. Because I'm a little confused about who's on this phone here. I don't think from looking at these frames we're supposed to assume it's Hook on the other end of that phone call with Highsmith. I absolutely think it is. He's got the phone and the walkie-talkie up to his... No, he's got time. binoculars. Those are binoculars because oh. he's looking at where the Kurgan is through binoculars. Also, that's a silly image. Yeah. Fo- a phone and walkie-talkie on either either side. All right, you're right. I initially assumed it was Hook. I but, don't then, it, but then who is it? Who is it? If it's Hook, at least it makes some kind of sense. Is it the Watchers funding this guy? Because As an like, amusement and being a dick to him? Uh, but also know. not telling him... What's going on? Readers out there, I know a lot of you have read this comic. This is definitely the most puzzling thing in this comic that we've come across. Three of us have read it, and we're all... I thought I had a feel on it, and... I was just confused. I was like, huh? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, that's that issue. Any thoughts on this one? It's cool that the Kurgan is in it. Sure. I guess. guess At least stuff happened in this issue i think yeah like, there was some movement people ran around and fought that's cool that is cool and like <laughs> that's I, cool. we're like talking about basic storytelling techniques <laughs> like things happen in this so that's cool like we're the worst <laughs> <laughs> i was not a fan of the kurgan really being in this because he's like in it for a half second he's in the next one for two seconds it doesn't really grab me to me he looks so nuts in this like this putty thing does not jive well it's all this like fan service stuff. I don't need every little bit of the original Highlander movie to be in this. Well, and it's in it in such a perfunctory kind of way. Yeah. It just kind of comes and goes. It just pops in and then it's gone. The Highlander Rewatch podcast needs your help. Help your favorite Highlander podcast bring you all the up-to-date coverage 
interviews, panels, exclusive videos, and more from the official Highlander 25th Anniversary Gathering Convention this October 20th through 22nd in Los Angeles. We promise to bring you the best in Highlander content and we'll give you an inside intimate look at the amazing world of Highlander in the way only Highlander Rewatch knows how. Highlander Rewatched is a labor of love and does require a huge time and financial commitment from us, the hosts. Every dollar helps us bring you bigger, better, and more exciting free content every week. Please donate today and be part of the movement that is Highlander Rewatched. Every donation also gets you an exclusive shout-out on our show, too. If you would like to donate to our GoFundMe, head on over to www.gofundme.com backslash Highlander-Rewatched-Gathering. Or just find the link on our Facebook page. This week, we have a few people we'd like to thank. First, a big thanks to Norm and Kevin from the Blood of Kings podcast for their donation to our GoFundMe. Thanks for your support, and we can't wait to see you in L.A. We will definitely have to crack open a beer at Joe's together. We'd also like to thank Arden for her completely epic donation. Arden is a new listener to our podcast, and we are truly awestruck by her donation. Thank you so much, Arden, for being an ardent supporter of this podcast. See what I did there? We promise to bring you and all the fans out there hours of convention and Highlander coverage through our podcast. Once again, if you would like to donate to our GoFundMe, head on over to www.gofundme.com backslash Highlander-Rewatched-Gathering or find the link on our Facebook page. Our sincerest thanks for supporting us and being on this journey together with us. Back to the show. Let's talk about the final issue, guys. Issue five. Let's talk about this cover. I have thoughts. I hate this one more than anything in the world. This is like an airbrush nightmare. <laughs> I really, really don't like this. If there was a unicorn, an airbrush unicorn flying around in the background, that wouldn't be out of place in the style of this cover. I really don't like this yeah, cover. It would go with a giant skull in the back. <laughs> but no, so there's like the Kurgan helmet in the background and then present day Connor and a weird hybrid version of Ostavasilic <laughs> yeah. is there. Because like he's in his monk robes, but in 1985, we never see him in his monk robes. He's also wielding a sword that is different than the sword he wears <laughs> and is carrying a dagger, which I don't think we ever see him using a sword and dagger. At the he same does time. in the first issue. In the first issue? Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. He certainly doesn't in this issue. No. There it's, we go. Uh, is there a variant cover for this one? There is. And it's Connor, Rachel, and then the face of Hook, like, looming over them. Yeah. There we go. Looks okay. At least his Mac isn't in a fedora in this one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this comic. He does have the dagger in this one, too. Oh, he does? I was wrong. Okay. I feel better about that. All right. So 1985, Manhattan. Mac wants to help out Vasilek. I have a note. Hey, there's his name again. I forgot it because they didn't mention it. (laughs) Two issues. So anyway, Mac leaves, but Highsmith is there watching. And Rachel sees Highsmith and recognizes him. From like however... Like a million years ago. (laughs) Like 30 years or something. Yeah. So we cut and Mac arrives at this train station, the Jersey place. And Max screams, he's like, show yourself, Hook, which I thought was kind of cool. Is it? I don't know. That's what my note said. Well, also, <laughs> Mac is showing up early so that Asta doesn't have to deal with this noise. Right. So Hook is there, and he says he had a new ma- new blade made uh, after he saw Mac. And then this is my note. Wait, I thought that sword he used before was just his butchery sword. Because we just mm-hmm. talked about that. You were aiming. You were like, oh, this is like his, like, more like a knife machete thing that he yeah. kills people with. Not his normal sword. Right. But now this makes it sound like it is his it normal is sword because he yeah. had to get a new one made. Not sure. Yeah. Who knows? 
The nose knows. The shadow knows. So they fight. And then we cut to a park. I'm not exactly sure where we are. And a motorcycle drives in. uh, And the monk, Osta, gets punched off by the Kurgan. Yeah, I guess that's a moment we forgot to mention. The motorcycle thing. Yeah, Osta hops on a motorcycle. It's just an odd little tidbit. And he's like, I've always wanted to ride one. And it's like, okay. And he rides off. (laughs) Motorcycle priest. I'm not a priest. I'm a monk. I'm a monk. Right. So the Kurgan fucking clotheslines Osta off his motorcycle. But that's not who he was expecting to see. Right. Kurgan's here to fight Mac. Yeah. But Osta stabs him with a knife. Ba-bam. Then we cut back to the train yard. More fighting. I, Mac- I hear Tang. And Tang. Quotes. Some of the sound effects that are bouncing around on the screen. They're actually Batman just, style. They're actually just drinking, drinking Tang. tang. <laughs> but Mac barehands this sword like a pro. Yep. And then cuts his head off. That's kind of cool, I guess. Chop. The word, the sound effect that's used for cutting off Hook's head is Zack. Zacko. Spelled Z A C K. Zack. He gets his quickening. Yep. And then we cut to back to the park, and like you see the quickening in the distance. Like going on over like the bay or something. Right. And Osta's like, ooh, McLeod. Right. So Osta's not sure who's won or lost over there. Back in New Jersey at this train station, Highsmith is there with a gun. And he says he's been waiting for this day, and he shoots Mac in the shoulder. And Highsmith says he wants Mac to come clean so he can get his like reputation back, like with the FBI or whatever. And again, I'm like, okay, so he's not, I'm still at this point in my notes. Oh, he's okay, definitely not a watcher like i'm still a little confused i think god damn it i even questioned i was like so maybe there's another fake i like i was flabbergasted that he wasn't a watcher this really did me in uh i don't know i was just so puzzled by the point of this guy by now yeah what are you doing here (laughs) there is no point right well there i guess the point is to give rachel something to do sure yeah the return of the famous character, <laughs> the secretary. The secretary. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Then Highsmith shoots Mac in the leg. But then there's a quickening across the river. So Mac now sees that. He's like, no. Right. So Mac says he has to go. And then pop. Who did the shot? Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Shoots him in the neck. It's really brutal, and this guy just is toast, I guess. Also, like, Mac might have been able to convince this guy to let him go. I'm not sure. Also, Rachel Rachel knows that he can't kill Mac. Yeah, I I don't think this guy knows about... I mean, he knows that there's something up, that these people have lived for a long time, maybe. But he doesn't know that about Mac. Yeah. He all, all he thinks is that Hook is some weird thing. I don't think he thinks... Maybe he knows Mac, because he's met Mac before. Yeah. Oh, that's true. As Mr. Wallingford. That's possible. But I don't think he knows that you have to cut their heads off. Who knows, though? No. But anyway, Rachel then says she's like, I know the difference between friends and enemies a long time ago, and he was no friend. And it's like, actually, he was a cop, and he was doing his job, and it seems like he was actually doing a very good job. Like, he figured out this murder plot... When no one else could figure out what the hell this was. He also slapped her in the face. Also and true. obsessive asshole. Also true. But she yeah. shoots this guy in the... Th- I mean, I'm not saying this guy deserves to get shot in the neck. Right. I'm saying that... He's, I mean, not, he's, a he's not the most savory friend. guy. But also, yeah. he just, like... He's tracking down people that are murdering each other. Yes. Right? And he just saw Mac murder someone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so his, this guy's response to someone... Seeing someone murder someone else... I don't think this guy's completely, like, out of line, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he thinks all, these people are all, like, serial killers or something. Yeah. So, I mean, to they be like, to be like this yeah. guy's an enemy, it's like, well, not really. He just doesn't know what the fuck's going on, and I don't agree with him slapping her or anything like that, but right. I don't think he's, like, I don't get the impression he's evil or, like, an enemy. I don't know. Something, this, he should not have been shooting this guy. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> he was, she, he was right to slap Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Rachel's just like, oh, I'll just kick these bodies into the river. 
this is in 1985. This is the Rachel we see in the movie. Like, yeah. So can you imagine days before we see her <laughs> that she's like rolling bloody corpses yes. into the <laughs> river? Yeah. Uh, Woof. Then Mac is going to go investigate what happened to Asta and finds the bike and assumably his body and says the following. Ack, no. Yeah. <laughs> Ack, no. <laughs> Ack, no, baby. He also finds a piece of the Kurgan's coat. And knows it's him. Yeah, I mean... Why would a little piece of, like, leather jacket inform him that it's the Kurgan? I have no idea. Because the Kurgan's there's only, one of the only ones left, I guess? I don't know. I don't the Kurgan's know. the only one who likes leather. Yeah. Leather gear. <laughs> also, I think this is just as, like, storytelling-wise goes. Like, I wish they kept this a mystery. I think it's more well, interesting if Mac doesn't know who killed him. Like, who the fuck else is in town? Yeah. We all know, oh, it's the fucking baddest guy around, the Kurgan. But Mac is like... I don't know what else is out there that killed Osta. Yeah, but it's not That's, like they've got enough real estate left in this to figure out who did it. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not into them finding out at all. I mean, I think that's just a cliffhanger for the character Mac that will, you know, in the movie gets resolved. It's like, oh, Kurgan's in town. Like, right. Gotcha. I just think it should just be left open. I don't know why he has to be like Kurgan's here. In also, the movie, does McCloud know that the Kurgan's in town? I was going to say this as well. Like in the the timeline of the movie, Mac fights Fazil in Madison Square Garden. Probably about the same time, it would seem the Kurgan kills. I think it's pretty. It's assumed that the Kurgan kills the person, somebody in New Jersey. Well, at sea, seemingly kills Ostevasilik. Exactly, right. but like in in the movie, like when we are introduced to the Kurgan, we hear the news report that somebody in New Jersey has lost their head, and we don't know its name. The Kurgan is leaving. They show him driving from New Jersey. Like there's a sign for the bridge mm-hmm. to get into New York, and he's like, "I know his name." It's like I think it's implied pretty clearly that like I just got done killing the guy in New Jersey. Now I'm driving to New York. But in this timeline, it's I guess he went to New York, killed Osta. Then drove back no, across were, the river. No, they were in... Osta was in New Jersey, right? No. Mac is the one at the abandoned train station in New Jersey. Hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. So the person who died in New Jersey... Is, is Hook. Is Hook. So Mac had a very busy, like, 48 hours right. of killing people. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's going to kill Amon Fasil, like, tomorrow. Maybe. I don't know what the timeline on this is. Again, because I'm assuming that then the Kurgan goes back to New Jersey to kill someone else. And then comes back. (sighs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the denouement of this comic, a.k.a. like the last page. Max says he never wanted Rachel to be involved, even though she's fucking dumping bodies. Yeah. She's got a gun all the time. And he says the story's going to end as it will. Matt goes into, like, his living room. The scales are on the table. They're even still, which I guess is interesting. I don't know. They seem to always be even in this comic. Yeah. He's got a bottle of scotch, and he's sharpening his sword. The end. I'm ready. I'm ready. And that's that's the end. Yep. That's the five issues, everybody. Mm. So now let's talk about our final thoughts on this whole shebang. So you guys both loved this, right? It was my favorite. I like this more than the original Highlander movie. <laughs> so we didn't like this one. No. There's basically no story. There's very little story. The villain has no punch. He's just a serial killer. For no reason. Who Mac happened to have a chance encounter with once in the past. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think about Osta Vasilik? Like, I think the most interesting thing in this entire shtick is Osta introducing the concept that, like, who knows if Mac is really, like, that good of a guy. Yeah. That's the only... That's, like... That might be the only interesting, like, truly interesting thing in this entire series. I wish that was what the whole book was about. But then I think... It isn't. But they get to watch some wrestling and talk in an abandoned bookstore. Yeah. 
like Osta, like I kept thinking, like, is he going to end up being the ringleader of all this maybe? Or like, is he like judging Mac? And if he sees Mac isn't worthy, is he going to like try to kill him or something? Or like what? And it just kind of fizzles out. That might have been an interesting story that Osta being like maybe secluded for so long has a maybe weird misconception of just everyone's humanity. Like because Osta's like mo seems to be like no one bad can win this game and maybe every time he sees mac he he finds maybe those flashbacks are mac doing some questionable things or maybe we see those flashbacks from two points of view mac has to maybe kill somebody for what he thinks is a good reason and osta learns of this info or sees it and sees it in a very different light and through time that now osta thinks that mac is not deserving of the prize right or that's interesting yeah or maybe he sees max do something not great in the past, unbeknownst to him, Mac is that was an isolated incident, or Mac has gotten better over time. He's now concerned. He's like, I can't risk you winning the game, right? Because I don't know which way these scales tip. That sounds good mm. to me too. And then either Mac has to fight him and beat him, or proves that he's on the good side, yeah, or some shiz. I don't know. These Interesting. Are all- these are like scratching the surface of like an interesting story like yeah i'm not gonna this is not interesting the story that was presented to us is hardly interesting i think yeah (laughs) and amen i know you had thoughts on the artwork that you kept to yourself earlier i don't know if you have a more holistic thing to share uh as resident artist resident artist emeritus I mean, I read a lot of comics. That doesn't make me an expert, but and I'm an artist. But yeah, and, a, that, that, and you're also a comic that, artist. That's the part yeah. that makes you an expert. That you're an artist. <laughs> the big thing that like distracted me through all this is, aside from the characters looking inconsistent panel to panel, like all the crowd scenes. There are like a million crowd scenes in this, and like the crowds are really distracting. And I kept on being like, "Is this a character? Why is this person so prominent mm-hmm. in the foreground?" It just really distracted me through the whole book. Well, we know one of them. The reason for one of them is because it was Marty McFly. Yeah, really bizarre. Here's one of my thoughts on just like this book and books like this in general or sometimes TV shows or any sort of medium that tries to tackle these sort of like prequel sort of stories is they try to do some backstory, but they want to make sure they don't disturb the current mythology. Like Highlander 1 exists and it's like, so we need to do another story that like fits into that story in some way. Uh, But as a result, they just fill that in with a series of events. (laughs) This feels like an illustrated timeline (laughs) more than like a good Highlander story. Nothing really happens of consequence. Like, I don't learn anything about the character. Like, I don't know. I'm not even concerned with that. Like, oh, there was some immortal named Hook that died. Like, who cares? Like, nothing in this story mattered to me at all. Yeah. Maybe you're just becoming a nihilist. Well, the other thing, like, why is this a comic? Or is the mean, why question, isn't it a, a, why is it a, a trilogy of movies? Yeah, why is it anything, <laughs> Why is it a thing? It's like, it doesn't use the medium in, like, an interesting way. People like comics, I guess. There's no, like, inventive use of the medium of comics to, like, tell this Highlander story. I kind of yeah. am disappointed by that. More flashbacks would have been nice. I mean, it's short. It's short, so you know it, it can, is it very can only, short. It can only do so much, and I yeah. get that about comics. Like they have to be fairly simple stories. That being said, there's plenty of amazing comics out there that are like masterpieces in right. the um, the way they can tell a story and the way it's illustrated. Well, it's like they could have done interesting stuff with the flashbacks to like change the visual style. They could have flashback to different times aside from what we were given like there's no interesting way to like illustrate a quickening or illustrate uh the the immortal buzz right no risks were taken 
I mean, the fact that we got three covers of Mac and a fedora holding a sword, yeah. <laughs> that was three separate covers. The same two characters in roughly similar poses <laughs> in similar costuming. It's like, why? Yeah. yeah. Why? I don't know. I feel like this is maybe a uh, cash grab opportunity. Something tells me not a lot of cash was grabbed during, yeah. <laughs> during this. Comic well, I'm book. sure everyone who listens to this is going to go by. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get it, I mean, they're not they're comic books. They're not like crazy expensive. Each issue is three ninety nine. Yeah. You can get them digitally for one ninety nine on Comicsology. Maybe get a digi digi yeah, issue. Get a digi. I don't know. I guess the fundamental question is: Would you have spent twenty dollars for this? No. All right. And oh, if I was not a Highlander fan, I wouldn't touch it. Yeah. With a 10-foot pole. No. Yeah. And I'd be confused as well. It doesn't do a good job of setting up Highlander, that's for sure. Yeah. Again, yeah, I was I, wondering who this was for. I mean, I guess it's for Highlander fans, because if you, I wasn't a Highlander fan, when the Kurgans revealed, I wouldn't care. Like I said about them trying to trick people a little, like, I feel like these covers in some ways are a little telling, that like the variant ones, like, there's one that's like a sword and sorcery cover, like, hey, maybe people that like this will pick this one mm-hmm. up. I especially think the original cover with the Kurgan on it, this mm. is the one from like the DVD box art thing. Yeah. I think that's to trick casual Highlander people into getting this comic because you see the cover and you're like, oh, fucking Highlander, it's got the Kurgan, it's got this, like this is an illustrated version of the movie or like, yeah. I feel like seeing that cover implies heavily that this is a first movie sort of comic, which it kind of is, but not really. I don't know. That's my very cynical take on these covers. Hmm. I would like to point out that IDW... <laughs> publishes a comic called the x-files origins oh yeah before the x-files they were two teenagers in search of the truth this bugs got, the crap out of me and it's got kid fox and Mulder. yep it's right next to old man judge dread so there's all <laughs> kinds of age play going on here age age play. Play. <laughs> is that a thing yes <laughs> that's gonna get you thrown in jail <laughs> Age play. One last thought, and then maybe we'll play a game. Why is it called the American Dream? Well, I think this is a one of these things that's lost in the shuffle here. Like we, the, the two main themes of this comic seem to be the scale thing, like tipping the scales, good or evil. Certainly, that's like the main visual theme, right? Like, which I was not opposed to. Like I was okay with these scale images kind of popping up, although I, it seemed a little obvious, and I wish there was like some more subtlety to it. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, even the first cover has like this bifurcated look to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the other thing I I think is about this like reinventing yourself and like Hook came to America because he wanted a new life. Although he like contradicts that like because he says like at some point I don't think we discussed this. Hook has never changed his name like everyone mm-hmm. else has. And right. Austin says like he sees that as a concession. Like he is Hook and will always be Hook. And it's like, "Oh, well that doesn't really jive with the like reinventing yourself." Yeah. Thing, whereas like Connor has invented himself many times over again. Uh, so I don't know. I think that's mostly what the American dream is referring to. I just honestly. And also, there's, there's mention know. of, uh, I think Connor Max says at some point, America has a better time with its future than it does with its past. Like America has a hard time coping with its past, referring to like the Civil War and these sort of things, as it does to like looking ahead and doing the next thing. Yeah. Is I don't the know. future the American dream? I guess. Mm-hmm. Is the prize the American dream? Mm. One by a Frenchman. One by a Frenchman. <laughs> I guess I'm playing Russian. a Scotman. Yeah, Scotman. <laughs> Scotman. Uh, Want to play a game, guys? Sure. Game time. All right, guys, you ready to play this game? Yeah. We are actually going to play a special comics-themed version of Three and Five. For Ooh. those of you who don't recall. 
call the rules, that means that I'm going to give a topic. You need to name three examples that fit within that topic within five seconds. You get one point for each one you successfully name. And if you get all three, you get a bonus point. Bonus point. You guys, you guys ready to do this thing? I'm ready. It's going to be Keith V. Amen, Dawn of Justice. Ooh, Tip the scales. Tip my scale. First round. Let's do it. Keith. Keith. N- name me three members of the Justice League of America without superpowers. Damn. Uh, the dog, Chim Cham. Uh... Zero. Zero points. The oh, dog? Oh. <laughs> Bat- I would have accepted Batman. 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 <laughs> oops, oops. Chim Cham? Isn't he the monkey from the Super Friends? That's a different team. The They're Super the... Friends is a slightly different team. <laughs> I almost went with I Super Friends. Blanked also, you're thinking of Chim. You're, I Chim Chim from Speed Racer. Racer. <laughs> is what you're thinking of. Chim the Chim monkey Chim. from Super Friends, I'm pretty sure, is Bleak. Bleak. Or Gleek. I'm not sure. It's uh, one or the other. I don't know. It's oh, the boy. Wonder Twins yeah. pet monkey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, this I, the went, dog. I went to the I went to two animals. What dog? Crypto? <laughs> Uh, that, he's no. the super dog. He's got powers. Ace? Ace the bat? <laughs> no, dog? I was not thinking of that either. I also went back to the super friends again. <laughs> when they it was the dog? Not when it was not the Wonder Twins. Do you remember the other two teenagers that were their pals? Shaggy and <laughs> Scooby? No, no. They, <laughs> had, was, they looked like Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, there were two. It was like a teenage couple or like brother. I don't know if they were brother yeah. and sister, uh, whatever they were. And they had and a they dog. Had, they had a dog. Wow. I don't remember that who up. that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're trying to name them. So that's cool. <laughs> Those are the people I thought of without superpowers. Good job. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eamon, yes. maybe three members of the Legion of Doom. Oh, uh, uh, Lex Luthor, Black Manta, uh, Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, I will take those. You, you get the easy questions. The easy questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keith, yes. Maybe three members of the Defenders: uh, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Nick Cage, Daredevil. All right, I'll give you on Daredevil. Nick, Nick if we said Cage. Nick Cage instead of oh, Luke shit. Cage, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage. So you're on fire here. The bees. <laughs> ah, the bees. Not the, burned. not the bees. How to get burned. How to get burned. That's what uh, the human torch says. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> name me three Captain America villains. Oh, the Red Skull, Baron Zemo, and shit. Uh, 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 That's it. it. Glad you got that one. Uh, how can I not think of another one? Who's another one? Crossbones. Crossbones. He was a, mm. Probably also would have accepted Madam Hydra or mm. what's his name? Uh, Von what's Stryker. That? Who's that guy? Bar- Baron Von Strucker. Strucker. There it is. I think that is Smuckers. Zemo. Or no, that's a different guy. No, yeah. Zemo's different. Yeah. Because he's Helmet Zemo. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> Zemo. Well, Keith, I prorated these questions a little bit. Did we have that, that uh, Alcopop drink the other week? Zima. Zemo. Oh, Baron Zemo. Zemo. <laughs> Keith, name me the alter egos, not the hero versions, of three Avengers. Uh, Stark, uh, Bruce Banner, and... Oh, damn it. Damn it. All right, that's two. All right. What do we accept the Clint Barton? Natasha Steve, Romanov. Uh, Steve right. Rogers. Steve Rogers. Would have accepted a, a lot of things. I, mm. I at some point forgot who was on the Avengers. Yeah. That's where I got tripped up. The Vision. That's right. The Vision. <laughs> Amen. Name me the alter egos, not supervillain name, of three Batman villains. Oh, shoot. Harvey Dent, uh, Victor Freeze, uh, Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah, Very well done. Hey, Have you guys picked up the theme yet? No. All right. <laughs> Keith, name me three actors who have played Batman 
before the year 1997. Ooh. What? Uh, so Michael Keaton, um, Adam West, and uh, Clooney? Val Kilmer? Damn it. Uh, all right, I'll give you... You actually snuck Val Kilmer in under the wire. Nice. So before is, 19, is Clooney after 97? He's in 97. You had to be before oh, 97. Okay, okay, okay. But you got it, because right. you snuck Good in job. Val Kilmer. So well done. George Clooney said he wanted his Batman toy to break dance. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that a real thing? No. Nope. It's a real quote. Why? I don't know. That's insane. I mean, nope. now that I hear that, I kind of want his Batman toy to break dance. It would be, it'd be yeah. the best thing his Batman toy did. Yeah. His Batman toy. It, it comes with this with the uh the iconic gadget, the Batman black card. Yeah. Eamon. Yes. Name me four actors who played four? The, excuse me. Name me <laughs> it's question four. Okay. Name me three actors who've played the Joker. Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, and um, shit, Cesar Romero. Nice. Glad you for, I'm glad you went for Cesar Romero. Yeah. Oh, and Mark Hamill. That's true. That would have been a yeah. perfectly acceptable answer. Nice. You didn't go for done. your favorite, Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, originally, Keith, you were getting all hero questions, and Eamon was getting all villain questions. Oh, uh, I thought the theme was threes. It, the game is called three, three and five. <laughs> Reeve Schreiber. <laughs> that's, that's. Wow. I like it. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. All right. Hook. Another thing in threes. Yeah. Yeah. Hook. <laughs> from, the, from the comic we yeah. just read. All right. But this one breaks that theme. So don't mm. be confused. Keith, name me three directors of comic book movies. Oh, uh, Russell McKay, um, Warren Beatty, and Tim Burton. Wow. Why did I pull those names? <laughs> I went for two, two like yeah. pulp things and yeah. Tim Burton. Wow, weird. Good job. Fascinating. Fucking Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. <laughs> I mean, I like the movie Dick Tracy as yeah. well. As the I next love guy. that movie. It's a good but, movie. It's a little long. All right. All right. It's got right. good music. Yeah. Amen. The great Stephen Sondheim mm. and He's Danny great. Elfman. Danny Sondheim. Amen. Yes. Name me three comic book artists. Oh, Frank Miller, Jeff Darrow. Bruce Tim. Very, Very good. good. There we go. All right. Eamon, you pulled this one out by four points. Ooh. I'm actually just tallying up the actual totals. Keith, you got 14 points to Eamon's 18 points. Hey, I won a game. Nice Congratulations, Eamon. Thank Keith, you. The reason you lost is because you couldn't name three members of the Justice League without powers. Can I try oh. that now? Yes. I still feel like I'm having a little bit of a problem with it. So let's see. We got Batman. Batman. Does Robin count? If you had said Robin, I probably would have given it to you, but with a wink and a nod. Oh, I guess. Can we? I do we count like Cyborg? No. I mean, he doesn't really have powers. He's got like a suit thing. It's not a suit. It's his body. He's a robot. Yeah. A cyborg, a robot. if you will. Yeah. I know. I accepted uh, Green Arrow. Oh yeah. I would have accepted <laughs> the question. Mm. All right. Or in some of the expanded things, I would have accepted the vigilante, right. the huntress. This is the... hard, man. <laughs> like my wiener. Very good. And that's how you play. <laughs> Three and Three five. five. Congratulations, Eamon. Yay. You're the hero we deserve. Thank or, you. For your set of questions, the, the villain. All right, guys, to wrap this up, here's a final thought I think we should maybe discuss. This is the first, like, new Highlander thing we've tackled on our show. Mm -hmm. And I was just mulling this over in my head. Like, our show typically is high on irreverence. 
we'll say. Like for the original series, like we don't treat it too seriously. We make fun of it when it deserves to be made fun of. And even when it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Like that's part of the fun of what we like about. I mean, what we do here, I guess. Like, but we all do love Highlander a bunch. Like yeah. we think it's great. Because and we're assholes, so and we're assholes, yeah. but we're just trying to have a fun time with it. Sure. Uh, part of me just feels a little weird, like kind of shitting all over this thing that's like new. I don't want it to sound like we just bash things. Like that's not what we do on the show. Like you know, is this ringing any bells for anybody? Like it's like I, that being I, said, this is not good. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the hard. That's that's you know. Hey, you know what? I shelled out however much money for all of these, and you know. They got your cash. Yeah. They're getting, well, it's not good press, but it's press off of this. <laughs> yeah. Everyone I wish hate read it. <laughs> it was a little better. I, I haven't read any of the other Highlander comics. So I wonder how this stacks up. Uh, it's been years since I've read the, uh, who did the other ones? Image, maybe? Dynamite. Dynamite. That was it. Well, maybe we'll do another Highlander reread at some yeah, point. Yeah, we should maybe, yeah. that should be maybe a task in a few months or something from now, but due to those comics as well and talk about them. But yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, like, I don't want to seem like we just poo-poo Highlander stuff because, like, Highlander is a cool property and I think is deserving yeah. of... Like, the idea to do a Highlander comic seems like a great idea. I'm sure. all for that. Like, that's a lower budget thing than doing the reboot of a movie, you know? Like, yeah. but it's like, hey, let's tell some Highlander stories. This was, like, pretty lackluster, I think. It just um, didn't... It had no punch. It didn't stay yeah. with me. It made a bunch of... It's just, like, led with a bunch of puzzling choices as well. It's just left with me with, like, head-scratching. And there was, like, some weird, like, jury-rigged components at the heart of it. Yeah. Like, this character Highsmith. Like, why? Yeah. The fact that it was ostensibly a story about the beloved character of Rachel. But yeah. she doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Except for shoot the other character, who, so far as I can tell, was only there so Rachel can shoot him. Right. Yeah. Like... Ah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a very puzzling thing. Also, like we were talking about, like who is this comic for? And I think it's decided that it's like for Highlander fans. It must be. So yeah. to have these, like you said, head scratching moments in it is also puzzling. Like if this was for the general public, it's like maybe they're going to play it a little loosey goosey. Maybe not follow every little detail of the show or movie because they're going to tell an interesting story at least and get people interested in this again. But like if this is directed for diehard fans, that would again shell out money every week or every month to buy this like you'd think they'd want to make it like a little bit more coherent and accurate and like because it's like the people that are reading this are absolutely going to notice all these things it's not like a small portion of our readership is going to be nitpicky it's like all the readership might be nitpicky about this and these are pretty big nits <laughs> yeah like the handle of his sword is wrong yeah yeah like or they oh, fight on holy ground. ground kind of i mean that's a wishy-washy one but but everyone's going to notice it and have questions and be yeah. like huh yeah, it's it's a weird note to begin on, certainly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's Highlander, the American Dream. Yeehaw! Like the actual American Dream. <laughs> I'm not going to finish this joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode from Highlander season three. It's gonna be rad, radical. I've been one of your rereaders, Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Sweet. I just want to talk about the, the cup of coffee the cop's holding. Sure. This is 1955. And this cup, just, it looks like a Starbucks cup to me, like a paper cup. It's colored gray, so maybe it's supposed to be like a thermos. 
Like, do they have? Did they have these kind of cups in 1955? I have no did idea. They have these kind of cups? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good on this. Yeah. I, think a, I think this is being overthought. Yeah, definitely. I think we're good on this cup. So, Eamon loves this comic, except for the reaction <laughs> time on the dog and, <laughs> and the coffee receptacles. Well, this kind of stuff is important. Like, when I looked at that cup, I paused. Really? Yeah. I gave that no thought at all. I gave it exactly zero I was thought. like, what is this? Anyway, maybe I'm it's just a, cup of a crazy person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 